hold of silence That we don't dare speak There's a wall between us And a river so deep We keep pretending That there's nothing wrong There's a code of silence And it can't go on I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 3rd, 2009. Newcomers look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, and on the front page, if you scroll down, look at all the other sites I have up there, bookmark them for future use because there will be problems with the big servers in the near future. And that's where you can always download the shows, the latest shows, if the big ones go down again. Remember, too, that this is the only show out there where the listener brings me to you because the advertising on this show that you hear and the breaks, it goes right to RBN to pay for airtime. It pays for the staff and their bills and all the rest of it in this modern day and age of technology and inflation. So, therefore, it's up to you to buy my books and so on, which are on the website, cuttingthroughmatrix.com. It's on all the websites. It's a button there how to... How to do it, I'll take you to a page for ordering. There's CDs and DVDs and so on. You can order as well. And I don't write in the usual fashion. Um, history, I've said before, is just a compilation of victors uh, generally getting well paid to write glorious reports about their kings or their governments. And uh, there's very little truth in most histories definitely the truth to do with what causes wars, who finances them, who profits from them, and that kind of stuff, because all wars basically are economic. The spoils of war also include the populations of the conquered peoples. That's the other part of it, too. And yes, we are basically bought and sold with wars, all done through the ages. We're under war right now. It's a war on terror, and the whole planet really uh, are the terrorists. Everyone on the planet is a terrorist. So once again, they're just trading their, their commodities, which are human beings, from this camp to that camp, because we are, we are all slaves. If you technically have no rights to own anything in this world, if someone can lean on you for protection money or they throw you out, whether it's government or the mafia, it's the same thing, uh, then you, have, you own nothing. If you own nothing, you're a slave. And if you're, if you're put down uh, as owing duties or taxes on previous generations' uh, uh, borrowings, then, as Jefferson said himself, he says, then you're a slave. That's modern life, and folk don't even know it. They don't even recognize it. So when governments quip about borrowing money from the World Bank or whomever they say they're borrowing it from, don't forget that government creates nothing except debt. They cause debt. They spend money. They don't create anything. The taxpayer, you are the collateral, you're the guarantors for paying off that debt, and so are your children to come. Now, there's also people who get discs burned at the shows. They don't play it on computer. People with computers burn them for them because they don't like the darn things, and I don't like them either. As I say, it's a temporary thing for me, and when I'm finished doing what I'm doing, I won't look at another computer again. And by that time anyway, it won't be worth looking at, to be honest with you. 
uh, you can always write to me at Alan Watt, if you that is burned and passed to you, site 41, box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, number 3, E as in Elizabeth, number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1. And remember, your donations are welcome. You can pay by different means if you look into the websites. So as PayPal, personal check is good for U.S. and Canada. Uh, outside, uh, inside the U.S. too, you can always get international postal money order from your post office. That works well. It's actually cheaper than Western Union. And we're back with more on tonight's topics after these messages. through the matrix and just before I go on to tonight's talk remember too that I have at um, sentinel.eu the European site remember you can get uh, the same audios to listen to as all the other sites I have but you can also uh, get down the downloads of transcripts of these audios written transcripts written in the various languages of Europe and remember too that uh, we are global. We truly are global. What's amazing, and I've noticed this since at least the 70s, I mean, across Europe and the world. Whenever a law was passed in one country, it was being passed in another country at the same time. But no particular country would ever say that it was an international law that's getting passed. Everyone thought it was, a, it was local laws being passed by their own governments. And that's when I realized that we're, well, we're already international and on our way to some big agenda. So therefore, what affects us in one country affects the other. We're all under the same gun, you might say. And therefore, it's very good to have translators in other countries who pick up on these talks and translate. So if you want to try your hand at translating my talks, you can get in touch with me, alanwattcuttingthrough at yahoo.com, and we'll we'll give you something to translate, see how you get on. And as I say, too, I understand perfectly well that it's not easy to translate directly from one language to another. Uh, but uh, so I give leeway for that. As long as the main message gets across, that's all that matters. And the people in your own country, your own language can understand it. That's all that matters. This is a crucial time in history because I think, I think anyone who starts to wake up will already know intuitively that there's a massively big agenda at work is a must-be agenda. It's good. It, it tolerates no criticism. It tolerates no facts against it. Facts are out the window when it comes to global warming, climate change, overpopulation, managed society, and, and all this stuff. This took years and years and years and years, a hundred years of preparation between governments of the world to build up a structure to bring all this into being at this present time. We've been international for a long time. An awful long time. And just say it's a must-be agenda. It doesn't matter what common sense comes out. It doesn't matter what facts are presented about all the nonsense we're hearing, whether it's swine flu or global warming and all the changes. We must, we must change everything in our lives 
apparently because of global warming, even how we breed or if we should breed. What a great excuse, eh? What a great excuse. Any excuse will do. And once the big boys pick an excuse, there's no contrary evidence ever allowed in. Very, very simple, isn't it? Here's an article here from the telegraph.co.uk by Gerald Warner. And it's August the 7th, 2009. It says, at last, man-made climate change is a threat engineered by global warming fanatics themselves. The lunatic ambitions of the man-made climate change fanatics are reaching new heights. They also pose a serious danger to human survival, the very objective they claim to champion. Among the latest Frankenstein proposals are cloud ships to generate more cloud and deflect the sun's rays. This scheme envisages 1,900 wind-powered ships cruising through the world's oceans, creating bad weather. Scientists insist the effect would be purely local, and he says, how can climate interference be localized without a domino effect? And that it could be reversed. This would cost a mere $9 billion compared to the $395 trillion it would cost to launch mirrors into space to deflect the sun. We should count ourselves lucky this fruitcake scheme to switch off the light that sustains life on Earth is too expensive to be implemented. I thought, by the way, two are all broke. Didn't all this get plundered by the banks recently, the pirates? Man-made global warming is a fantasy. Climate change is occurring as it always has and is harmless. The same cannot be said for the unspeakably irresponsible proposals of scientists whose egos have far outstripped their knowledge. For now the danger is that man-made climate change will genuinely take place engineered by the global warming alarmists themselves who cannot leave well alone. The suggestion, for example, that iron powder should be scattered into the seas to encourage plankton or that particles should be released in the atmosphere to mimic the effects of volcanic eruption in initiating global cooling. Then it says, if the super volcano beneath Yellowstone Park in America erupts, such efforts will be superfluous. They're breathtakingly absurd, he says. As always, scientific lunacy marches hand-in-hand with entrepreneurial opportunism business. People are already making vast fortunes out of the climate change hysteria, and environmental white boys and complicit scientists have realized this is a dripping roast of billions, even trillions of dollars and pounds to be extracted from gullible taxpayers, and that's just what it is. Global warming will not kill us, but the fanatics and know-all scientists could well do so. In that effect. In that effect. But it won't make any difference because it is the agenda. And it's not because it's just money and business and lots of money to be made off. It's also to do with vastly controlling everything on the planet and everybody on the planet. See, that's the real part of the agenda. That's the real thing behind it. Right back to the days of Malthus. Too many people, there'll be too many peasants eventually. We've got to kill them off, you see. It all ties together. Some big scientist gave a speech to, to the Queen the other day there uh, about the global warming effect. And my God, by the year 2030, the planet will run out of food and all these extra billions of people will be living in the world and blah, 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 blah. So they're all down to who should breed and who should not breed. And guess what? Well, those with better breeding will 
be allowed to breed. And guess who won't? Hmm. It's the same old agenda. There's only one agenda here. Only one agenda. But, you know, The Wizard of Oz was really a great movie because it was Masonic, of course, purely Masonic and Kabbalistic. And, of course, you had the three different um, characters in it, one with no brain, one with no heart, and I can't remember what the other one didn't have. But they, they, they were the three, the three, what they call the three um, unlucky ones. But the three that killed Hiram Abiff. See, bad thought, bad action, bad emotion. That's what it means. Now, what's interesting is that the, the wizard himself, the man with all the knowledge and the, the carnival tent speech talks that he could give, the snake oil salesman, the man with the, the, gil, the, gild, well, the gilded tongue, I guess is what you call it, hid behind a curtain and, and ran a whole city-state. Everybody thought he was a massive giant by, by the sound of his voice. And, all. and he used sciences to terrify the public. That's all he was. And it took a little dog to come along and rip the curtain apart to see the little man behind pulling wires that were attached to machines and so on and speaking through a loudspeaker. That's what it is. It's all hoopla and noise. Noise. Lots of noise from well-paid, fat scientists that are looking for a, a long, long, distinguished career with this new religion. We've always had priests living off religion, and, the, and of course this is going to be the worst tyranny of all. As Huxley himself said, the scientific priesthood will be ruthless. Believe you me, ruthless. And the big boys they work for, and they do work for big boys above themselves. The scientists are not the bosses of all. They are still subservient to the big dominant minority, the ones who own all the power, money, and wealth, and hitmen and armies. So they'll always um, say the right things according to their masters, whatever the masters' wills happen to be, and their masters want a nice little prim, uh, 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 pristine planet left to play in for the future without all of us around type of stuff. It's a very simple agenda, really. But terror and fear and the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain is used to terrify the public. And this is the age of terror. That's why it's the war of terror, you see. Using terrorism on everyone. Shock and awe. Shock and awe. And, as I say, you just have to shake your head at it. Here's a site here, and I'll give the name of it at the end of the, the talk, but it's, it's some, some of the horrific effects of vaccinations from early days onwards. Historical facts exposing the dangers and ineffectiveness of vaccines. In 1871-72, England, with 98% of the population aged between 2 and 50 vaccinated against smallpox, it experienced the worst ever smallpox outbreak with 45,000 deaths. doesn't mention it here, but I've got other articles where all of the deaths occurred to with people who had been vaccinated. None of the deaths occurred with people who had not been vaccinated. During the same period in Germany, with a vaccination rate of 96%, there were over 125,000 deaths from smallpox, as from the Hadwin documents. 
Germany, compulsory mass vaccination against diphtheria commenced in 1940. And by 1945, diphtheria cases were up from 40,000 to 250,000. 40 to 250,000. In the USA in 1962, virologists discovered that both polio vaccines, both polio vaccines were contaminated with the SV40 virus, which causes cancer in animals, as well as changes in human cell tissue cultures. And there's been articles since there that have talked about the fact, yes, it definitely does give you tumors in humans. Millions of children had been injected with these vaccinations. That's the Medical Journal of Australia, 17 to the 3rd, 1973, page 555, back after this break. In 
In the USA, the cost of a single DPT shot has risen from 11 cents in 1982 to $11.40 in 1987. The manufacturers of the vaccine were putting aside $8 per shot to cover legal costs and damages that they were paying out to parents of brain-damaged children and children who died after the vaccination. That was in the Vine, issue 7th January 1994. That's in Nambour, Queensland. In Oman, between 1988 and 1989, a polio outbreak occurred amongst thousands of fully vaccinated children. The region with the highest attack rate had the highest vaccine coverage. The region with the lowest attack rate had the lowest vaccine coverage. That was in the British Journal again, The Lancet, 21st to the 9th, 1991. And don't forget, too, one I read about a week or two ago, where a World Health Organization blitz of uh, polio injections, and I think it was Nigeria, uh, have found that uh, they're all coming down with polio after getting an injection. And not just polio, now the, the virus, the altered virus that's in these injections has now mutated apparently into an even more deadlier type of polio and it's just going rampant. So they're trying to help you or kill you. Remember the World Health Organization is part of the United Nations and just across the door there's its own Department of Population Control. Now are they there to help you or or, or, or they're there to keep you healthy or kill you. You, you, you figure it out for yourselves, folks. In 1990, a UK survey involving 598 doctors revealed that over 50% of them refused to have the hepatitis B vaccine despite belonging to the high-risk group urged to be vaccinated. That's from the British Medical Journal, 27th of January, 1990. In 1990, the Journal of the American Medical Association had an article on measles which stated, although more than 95% of school-aged children in the U.S. are vaccinated against measles, large measles outbreaks continue to occur in schools, and most cases in this setting occur among previously vaccinated children. That was from the magazine JAMA, J-A-M-A, 21st, 11th, 1990. In the USA, from July 1990 to November 1993, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration counted a total of 54,072 adverse reactions following vaccination. The FDA admitted that this number represented only 10% of the real total. (laughs) They're very good, this FDA. Who are they protecting, eh? This represented only 10% of the real total because most doctors were refusing to report vaccine injuries. In other words, adverse reactions for this period exceeded half a million. That's from the National Vaccine Information Center, March 2nd, 1994. In the New England Journal of Medicine, July 1994 issue, a study found that over 80% of children under five years of age who contracted whooping cough had been fully vaccinated. Amazing, isn't it? There's more to read yet about this. And I'll do that after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
through the matrix, just giving you some of the facts that are out there. Not that facts count much these days when there's big agendas at work. But uh, one of the last ones on this particular site is, says here, on November the 2nd, 2000, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, the APS, announced that its members voted at their 57th annual meeting in St. Louis to pass a resolution calling for an end to mandatory childhood vaccinations. The resolution passed without a single no vote. That goes by Michael Devitt. And this particular site has a whole bunch on this. I'll try and find the link and put it up at the end of the show. Always look into the website at the end of the show, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, because uh, you'll find the links of the topics that I speak about are up there. But this website says here, Ian Sinclair, apparently owns it. And it's quite, uh, it's quite a lot. There are different links to different uh, parts of vaccine problems and so on. And what doctors think about them, etc., etc., etc. Now, adjuvants are really, in, really amazing things. You know, they're, they're, they're things that are added to the inoculations. They seem to cause most of the problems, apart from the viruses and uh, the diseases they put in there as well. After all, you can understand that really that you're getting a voodoo mixture, something that Shakespeare would have put into the, the witches, you know, with their hubble bubble, toil and trouble, brew, because they grow uh, these viruses and so on on in animals, and on their kidneys especially, they take them apart and then they, they liquefy them. They put them in a the blender. And that's what you're getting in your system. This is the high technology they're using. And uh, you end up with all kinds of other viruses, apart from the one that we're after, going into your bloodstream. That's what happened with the polio vaccine. And you had over about 100 different live viruses uh, outside of the one they wanted to get in you. Also went into you. And that had, had awful results on generations of people. Some immediate results, some hit you later in life uh, as you go along, but they definitely hit you eventually. But they put these adjuvants in, and this is from the, the, the VREN newsletter, winter 2005. Adjuvants are formulated compounds which, when combined with vaccine and antigens, intensify the body's immune response. It's like bio-warfare. They've been weaponized. They weaponize these things so your body will attack them viciously, attack the site, you see, of the injection. In the theory is that all your blood cells will end up there, phagocytes and so on, and try to identify this new intruder and go into literally a war against it. The problem is it doesn't stop the war. It goes and eats your own bloody body up, you see. But this is still stuck in scientific theory, and that's what us is all run by, is theory, regardless of the facts and the consequences. It's used to elicit an early, high, and long-lasting immune response. The chemical nature of adjuvants, their role of action, and their reaction or side effects are highly variable in terms of how they affect the immune system and how serious their adverse effects are due to the resultant hyperactivation of the immune system. You wonder why everyone's allergic today? It's because your body, your immune system is at war with everything all the time because of all the injections you've had. And it can't pick, when you get a real infection, it, it can't muster the energy to go after this one new infection, a real one. 
because it's busy fighting all these abstract ones all the time. That's why you're tired all the time too. Chronic fatigue comes in after these things with a lot of people. Your, your system's been weaponized. This is where adjuvants enable the use of less antigen to achieve the desired immune response and reduce vaccination production costs. With few exceptions, adjuvants are foreign to the body and cause adverse reactions, writes Australian scientist Vera Schreibner, PhD. The most common adjuvant for human use is an aluminum salt called alum, alum derived from aluminum hydroxide or aluminum phosphate. A quick read of the scientific literature reveals the neurotoxic effects of aluminum were recognized 100 years ago. Aluminum is a neurotoxin and has been linked to Alzheimer's disease and other neurological disorders. Prior to 1980, kidney patients undergoing long-term dialysis treatments often suffered dialysis encephalopathy syndrome, the result of acute intoxication by the use of aluminum-containing dialysate. This is now avoided using modern techniques of water, modern water purification. In preterm infants, prolonged intravenous feeding with solutions containing aluminum is associated with impaired neurologic development. Your brain doesn't develop. Scientists speculate that aluminum neurotoxicity may be related to cell damage via free radical production, impairment of glucose metabolism, and effects on nerve signal transduction. Vaccines which contain both aluminum adjuvants and mercury, thiorthromerosol, which is from mercury-based preservatives, greatly magnify the neurotoxic effects. Macrophagic myofasciitis. What uh, sounds wonderful, isn't it? It's a muscle disease first identified in 1993, and it's been linked to vaccines containing aluminium or aluminium adjuvants. Muscle pain is the most frequent symptom, which can be localized to the limb or more diffuse to other areas of the body. Other symptoms include joint pain, muscle weakness, fatigue, fever, and muscle tenderness. Disorders associated with an altered immune system in some but not all patients. It really does completely screw up your immune system. A study published in the journal Brain 2001 revealed that 50 out of 50 patients had received vaccines against hepatitis B virus, 86% hepatitis A virus, 19% or tetanus toxoid, 58%, 3 to 96 months, median 36 months before biopsy. We conclude that the MMF lesion is secondary to intramuscular injection of aluminum hydroxide containing vaccines, shows both long-term persistence of aluminum hydroxide and an ongoing local immune reaction. Ongoing, that can be for the rest of your life and is detected in patients with systemic symptoms which appeared subsequently to vaccination, writes the author of the study. They know what they're doing to the public. They have all the data. Did they stop? No. Did they change it? No. This is aluminum's neurotoxicity of less concern to the vaccine industry than the fact that it elicits a lesser antibody response to the so-called pure recombinant or synthetic antigens used in modern-day vaccines than an older-style live or killed whole organism vaccines. This has created a major need for improved and more powerful adjuvants for use in these vaccines. Then they go through the different kinds of things they've tried for, to, for adjuvants, these things that weaponize your immune system into action. They talk about Freund's, Freund's complete adjuvant, which is deadly. They can't use that on people. 
so they use the next best thing. In fact, even the creator of it said that it should never be used on people. It killed all the animals that they used it on. Adjuvants can break tolerance, meaning they can disable the body's immune system to the degree that it loses its ability to distinguish what is self, your own body, from what is foreign. It destroys your immune system. Normally, the immune system ignores the constituents of one, one's own body. They're not foreign objects, right? Immunologists call this tolerance, but if something happens to break tolerance, then the immune system turns relentlessly self-destructive, attacking the body it is supposed to defend. That's why, again, you have total allergy syndrome, utter chronic fatigue, etc. Your body's at war with everything and, and is able to kill nothing except its own tissue. Scientists theorize that oil-based adjuvants have the ability to be hyperactivate the immune system and doing so create chaos by inducing such an extremely powerful response that the immune system literally goes haywire and starts attacking elements it would normally ignore. That's where you end up with rheumatoid arthritis for the rest of your life. Another theory has to do with specificity. One of the great distinguishing characteristics of the immune system is something akin to a highly sensitive innate intelligence that has evolved over eons to be able to respond very precisely to what it deems to be a threat to the body. Because the body contains many types of oily molecules and lipids, it may be that when an oil is injected, the immune system responds to it, not only specifically, but with heightened intensity because the oil adjuvant resembles so closely the natural oils found in the body. Close, but not the same, remember. A cross-reaction then happens, sending the immune system into chaos, destroying any oils found anywhere in the body that resemble the adjuvant oil. That's why that squalene, which, by the way, is put into this swine flu injection they want to stab everybody with, uh, that's exactly what that stuff does. It says, by meliating uh, diseases like multiple sclerosis are an example of this destructive autoimmune process. That's what you end up with. You end up wearing leg braces, etc., and wheelchairs. To deepen one's understanding of the shadowy world of vaccine development, award-winning investigative journalist Mary Mutsumoto's new book is a must-read. And it goes through a whole bunch of this kind of information on what's been done to the human body and what they know, and what they know in the medical profession at the top. Even going to the experimentation of vaccines, new vaccines on, on troops, etc., which is a very common thing. And squalene mentions it too. This uh, Matsumoto mentions it. Squalene says an oil-based adjuvant. Squalene has been known for decades to cause severe autoimmune diseases in laboratory animals. Well, they know it in humans too. They have all the evidence need. The unethical experiments detailed in this book are ongoing with little prospect of being self-limiting because they've been shielded from scrutiny and public accountability by national security concerns. This is how they're shielding it all at the government level. Well, we can't tell you the truth. It's for national security concerns. Amazing, eh? Isn't that amazing? Do you ever get the idea they're trying to kill you off? Do you ever think they're not just talking about killing you off like um, Sir Crispin Tickle at the Optimum Population Trust with Prince Charles and, and advising the British governments on this kind of stuff? Do you think maybe they're actually doing it? 
ever wonder about that? I say, do. Would they would they go that far? Well, you better believe they'd go that far. You'd better believe it. They've gone that far and further. This is only what you know about if you look. There's a lot of stuff higher up the level than this that would really terrify you if you knew about it. It's not in the public's interest, to say, for the public to know. We really have no rights whatsoever, have we? No rights whatsoever, except to vote, pay taxes, and die, and obey. That's it. That's the New World Order in a nutshell. That's it. That's all you have to do. That's your purpose. That's your purpose. And you ever wonder, too, how we got bankrupted, supposedly, wiped out of trillions of dollars in some countries and trillions of pounds in other countries, and they keep the same stinking system in place with the same stinking people. Have you ever wondered why that is? When governments, on the fairy tale level, are supposed to be there to, to look after the people. Does anyone out there still really, do, do, does anyone, I hope not in this audience, does anyone out there still believe that? The governments are there to, to represent you. All we see, you know, all we've seen for many, many years is, is uh, statements coming out of, of, of uh, big corporations that lobby governments getting their way. And requests by people, you know, the ordinary people uh, being tossed out the window, ignored completely. And that's because the New World Order is not a democratic institution. Never was a democratic institution. It uses the term democracy to justify its ongoing wars across the world. In fact, in the U.S.'s mission statements, uh, written in 2006, that's what they said. Their job was to go across the world and spread democracy and make the world safe for democracy. No other term was used except democracy. And I used to think that kind of odd because the U.S. is supposed to be a constitutional government, you know, a republic. A republic. A different idea, a republic was set up with a bunch of rules and regulations to stop people from taking over and, and creating a democracy. Because democracies had already been in existence, even the ones we were fighting against, the ones in Britain, at that time, recalled themselves a democracy, even though the ordinary people could not vote at all until, until World, World War I. See, democracy keeps changing. It's a cover, it's a shield to stop people having revolutions every five years. You get so sick of the ones that are in, you vote the next bunch and instead, that's all you do. You, you, you vote one bunch out after they've plundered you, and you vote the next bunch of, you know, tent preachers in. That's all they are, tent preachers. You see how these fast-talking preachers go around the, the old religious tents back in the 20s and 30s. Snake oil salesmen, they could sell you anything. They could whoop up the emotions. That's all it's about. Well, that's what politicians are doing on the campaign trail. They whoop up the emotions. They know darn well in advance what you want to hear, and they say it. But once they're in office, it's, it's bye-bye, because they have to go follow their, their Bilderberg agenda. 
you know, the ones that pick them and really, really pick them, not you, but the ones that really pick them and put them in there. But yeah, as I say, think about it. For a hundred years, since the League of Nations and before, they've talked about reducing the world's population. The richest, most powerful people in the planet have discussed at world meetings how to reduce the world's populations. They announce through their little vehicle, the United Nations every year, that the statistics that the Western male is almost totally sterile. At the same time, they, they whip it up that there's too many third world countries having too many children. Do you think they just sit back and complain about it at these world meetings? When there's full-time staff and bureaucracies involved and created to do something about it, do you think they just sit waiting for the day where they're allowed to do something about it? Are you that naive? There is nothing happening out there health-wise that isn't designed to bring you down when you read it in the newspaper, whether it's bisphenol A or anything else. None of these things are there by chance. They're there because they're very effective at what they do to their human body. They achieve goals. That's all it's about. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix just hoping that people out there really start to really, really get it. You've got to start thinking the worst. You've got to cross that line. You see, it's a different... People who are waking up come through different stages. Most of them never get close to the, the last line. The last line is where you're saying, well, I know all this, but they wouldn't really do that. People wouldn't do that. No one... They're so horribly cruel as to actually do that. If they can't cross over that line, they won't get the rest of the picture. Because believe you me, it's like crossing over a mountain. Everything suddenly makes sense when you accept, yes, not only would they do that, they have been doing that to you. You'll see everything completely different. You know, in ancient Egypt, they had the, 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 the eye of Ra everywhere. It terrified the peasants. And they wouldn't even run off because they thought wherever they went, this eye would be watching them. And when Stalin came in, Lenin and Stalin always had these massive posters everywhere of the face of the man. So wherever you went, you'd see him, his face staring at you. And Lenin was a guy to start it. And then we saw it with uh, Stalin. And they'd have it at the bottom of you, the entrance to your hallways, the entrance to your building, uh, the entrance to your door. You'd always see this eye, these eyes staring at you. Now it's cameras, CCTV cameras. You see, it has the same effect on you. You don't realize it's there to intimidate you, make you feel weak, small, and helpless. The same kind of effect that a prisoner will feel. You see, that's what it does to you, the psychology. And no one says anything about it. 
This Wednesday, September the 2nd, 2009, Daily Mail. Tenants fuming as flats, their apartments are turned into a Big Brother house with 112 CCTV cameras installed inside. I said this was coming. August 28, 2009. Furious tenants, security cameras have turned their flats into a huge Big Brother house. It comes after a housing trust installed up to 112 cameras in their eight three-story blocks and pointed towards the residents' front doors. People living there say the move is an invasion of their privacy and fear they'll be spied on 24 hours a day. If they fear about it, they are being spied on 24 hours a day. Says Philip May says Big Brother is watching. Tenants, including Philip Mays, pictured in this article, are furious after a housing trust fitted the 112 security cameras in their apartments in Turkey, Devon, England. Philip Mays, 44, a tenant, one, was one of the first to be affected after a camera was installed outside his apartment. He says they're able to sit and watch whoever comes into each of our flats 24 hours a day. Well, of course they are. That's what they're for. If we were in prison, we could expect security like that, but not in our own home. These guys don't get it yet, do they? You don't need to be in what you think of as a prison. You see, you're, you are in a prison. You can be inside a country as the country has been turned into a prison. Do you understand that? Every country has been turned into a prison. We often have a hard way of, of, of visualizing things because we get stuck on something. We think of prisons like the movies. All bars and a building. No, you're in the new upgraded prison. That's what all this terrorism and security is all about. And you are the prisoner. That's why the cameras are watching all of you. Well, that's it for tonight, folks. It's up to you what to do about it, but everybody should be doing something about it. From Hamish, myself, and to your Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.